It was a cold morning, colder than usual. Light came bursting through the tent flaps, filling each tent with the radiance of the new morning. But that's not what woke Saul and his soldiers up. No, it was the voice that did that. It was a voice that they became all too familiar with. It was a, it was a deep voice, a, a snarled voice, a mocking voice. It was a voice that invaded deep into the souls of each man, filling them with a, with a crippling fear. Like it did every morning, the voice brought them to their unsteady feet. They grabbed their armor, they put it on, they grabbed their sword and their shield, and they opened the tent flap and stepped through into the morning. The full light of the morning overwhelmed their eyes and it temporarily blinded them. But when their eyes were covered, they looked down to the valley called Elah. Beside the valley, there was the hill that they were on. It was called Soku in Judah. And in the other hill, it was Azekah, which was where their enemies, the Philistines, were on. And they kept looking down in the valley. And then <laughs> they noticed the wet dew of the grass glisten. The trees swayed in the wind. It was a nice thing to look at. But then they saw him. It was the one whose voice woke them up. In fact, it was, it was really hard to miss him. I mean, he was unlike anything that they'd ever seen before. I mean, he was about two to three times bigger than each and every one of them. He towered over them at like nine feet, nine inches tall. His name was Goliath from Gath. He had this bronze helmet that was heavy in this coat of steel or of coat of scale armor that was also made of bronze that the coat itself weighed about 125 pounds in fact heavy bronze armor covered most of his body and to top it off i mean he had a javelin strapped to his back like what and in one hand he not only held this this massive sword but in the other hand a spear that was so heavy that the tip alone weighed more than any of their heads and his shield oh his shield it was so large that someone else had to carry it for him in every sense of the word, he was a giant. <laughs> now, most of us are probably familiar with this story found in 1 Samuel 17. Some of you actually remember it when you were in kids' ministry told on a flannel graph. <laughs> remember flannel graphs? Yeah, they're kind of awesome. But some of you don't. Some of you actually didn't go to church, or some of you went to church, but not that often, but still you are familiar with this story somehow. Maybe you read it in a book or saw it in a show or in a movie. Now, no matter how you might be familiar with this story, today I actually want to invite everyone to walk through this story together, whether you've heard it or not, because this story, in a way, is like all of our stories, because in all of our stories, there have been and there are massive, overwhelming, mocking giants. And as we'll find out later in this story, we can 
experience breakthrough when we face our giants. But because facing our giants can, I mean, honestly be really, really difficult, facing our giants can seem really, really daunting. Because of that, today, I actually want to walk through a couple steps that can help us when it comes to facing our giant. So we are in uh, the second week of our three-week series called Breakthrough. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Blackhawk Church. And I just want to say thank you for joining us. I mean, thank you so much for being here. And we are in this series called Breakthrough because we believe that God wants you right now to experience breakthrough in whatever you're going through. I mean, especially after walking through a year like 2020 and 2021. I mean, are you kidding me? I think breakthrough is exactly what we're all hoping for in many different ways. All right, let's, let's get back to the story. So in the Valley of Elah, there was this giant named Goliath and, and Every day for the last 40 days, he hurled insults. He, he mocked all of the ranks of Israel. I mean, he would say, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now, I want to back up and give a little context for what's going on. So way back in the day when the Israelites came to the land of Canaan, and this is, that's where the uh, Philistines and the Israelites were currently. When they came to the land of Canaan, God told them, hey, take it. It's yours. I give it to you. God wanted them to take it and live there so that they could flourish, so that they can be the people whom God created them to be. But a giant blocked them in the valley. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever experienced something that blocked you? Something that kept you from being the person that God created you to be? Something that held you back. Something that hindered you. Something that you felt the only way to defeat was like through this fight that you didn't feel capable or strong enough to win. We all have those. They're called giants. Giants in our lives that mock us, that, that hurl insults at us, that, that try to keep us from being who God created us to be. Giants that, that will challenge us and, and leave us feeling overwhelmed like Saul and his army. Now, I want to actually talk about something that's going on um, in the context of this story that's actually really, really important for us to understand. It's about this, this giant, and it's about the battle that this giant is wanting to fight. So most of us, when we hear the story, like, honestly, we're just like, 
gripped by the high stakes of like a battle between one person and one giant. Like, what? We're gripped by it. And we're like, okay, what's going to happen? But, but here's the thing. The battle isn't really between a man and a giant. No, the battle isn't really between the Philistines and the Israelite army. I mean, we think that, but there's something deeper going on. You see, the battle is a battle that's actually waged against Yahweh. Back in the ancient Near Eastern, when when this time was happening, uh, when two sides would fight, what was really going on was a battle between each side's gods. And each side believed that if their God would win, then that meant that they had the stronger God. So then it didn't really matter how big a giant was or how big an army was, but how big their God was. Everyone would have known that back then, but you see, this is something that actually the Israelites forgot because to them, man, the giant was just too big. The giant was just too strong and they were on their own. What's your giant? What's that one thing that's keeping you from being who God created you to be? What is it? Because being able to identify your giant is actually the first step that's going to help us all when it comes to facing our giants, because the reality is we all have them. All of us right now, we have them. These giants that, that, that overwhelm us, that keep us from being the people God created us to be. And here's the deal. Sometimes these giants, these, these blocks in our lives can be manifested in many different ways and in many different people. I mean, right now, is yours, is yours jealousy? Is your giant greed? Is your giant anger or is your giant fear? You have fear and this fear is really honestly keeping you from being who God created you to be. Or is it trauma? Is your, your giant shame, regret? Is your giant um, a sexual sin? That's my Siri on my iPad talking. So we're just going to turn that off. <laughs> That's awesome. Sometimes, I, does that ever happen to you when you're talking and your phone just goes off or your iPad? I love that. So what's your giant though? What's your giant in your life? And maybe your giant's like procrastination or maybe your giant's something like laziness. <laughs> what is it? And the moment I said, what's your giant? I know a lot of you knew exactly what your giant was, but some of you, honestly, you're kind of listening to me and you're thinking, I don't know what my giant is. And if that's you, that's okay. But think about the things in your life right now that could become giants. Listen, 2021 was a hard year and this year has proven to be difficult as well, but it's still a new year. So what are different things in your life that you can pause that you, can, that you can reset so that they don't become giants. Different things that, if you're not careful, they can become blown up in a, in a major way. All right, let's, let's get back to the story. But actually, no. Before that, I want to do something a little different. I want to share about myself. I want to share about my giant, actually. So, 
a giant that I've struggled with for most of my life um, is honestly my self-worth. I know that it might seem like I'm, I'm confident on the outside. <laughs> I don't know, am I, that I have it all together. But really on the inside, um, this journey has been really long and really hard, especially when it came to my worth. And I know it was a long time ago, but uh, when I was younger, I was the type of kid at school that other kids, I mean, really liked to mock. And to top, to top it all off, my home life, my family life, it was really, really dysfunctional. And it left me wondering, man, do I have what it takes to be fully loved? We've come a long way in my family now, but it left me wondering that. I mean, there, there was emotional and verbal abuse. It was, it was dark and it was hard. And I spent my 20s in and out of counseling. And honestly, I still see a counselor today. And I took, I took all of that baggage into my relationship with God, especially when it came to accepting the value that he created me with, that, that I'm fully loved, fully known, fully forgiven. And what's your giant? I mean, think about that right now. In your mind, what's your giant? Or what could it be? All right, now let's get back to the story. So there was once this man named Jesse. He had many sons, and his three oldest sons actually followed Saul off to war, while his youngest son, David, stayed behind to care for Jesse's flock, to care for his flock. Well, one day, Jesse loaded up a ton of food for David to take to his three older brothers off at war. So David left his, his father's flock with another shepherd, took the food, and went on. And as David was nearing the valley, he began to notice that there was a murmur in the air. And the closer he got to the valley, the louder the murmur grew until the murmur, when he got to the top of the hill and looked down, it turned into this, this full-on loud war cry from these two armies. So David hurried down the hill, making his way down to everything. And as he was making his way down, the armies made their way into formation, facing each other, still shouting at each other. Man, soon David, he just dropped his food and booked it to the battle line. I mean, he wanted to know how his family was doing, how his brothers were, if they were alive, if they were okay. So David, he started finding different soldiers and like asking them, hey, do you know my brothers? Hey, are my brothers okay? Hey, listen, listen. And then over his voice, he heard another voice. It was, it was the voice. It was a mocking voice. And as soon as he heard the voice, he noticed the ranks of Israel turned around and left the battle lines out of fear. But David, David was confused. David didn't understand why, like an uncircumcised Philistine would be allowed to defy the armies of the living God. And when David was so confused about this, in the middle of that, his brothers came up to him. His brothers found him. And listen, his older brother was upset with him. He was wondering why he was there. He was wondering why he was asking so many questions. But that didn't, that didn't stop David. And neither did the voice. Determined to do something about it, David found his way to Saul. 
the voice still echoing in the valley, the Israelite army just still fleeing. And in the middle of everything, David, who's the smallest and youngest in his family, David, who is just a lowly shepherd boy, David, who was a teenager, who didn't have any armor, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him that he will face the giant. Now, I want to do something a little bit different today just to kind of show what it could have looked like for um, David to face Goliath. And to do that, I've actually invited our student pastor, Leif Erickson, to be with us today. Hey, there you are, Leif. Morning, Michael. Thanks for being here, buddy. It's an honor to be here. Well, I can see that you found the armor that I put on your desk. Thank you for that. It fits nicely. <laughs> it looks like it fits nicely. That's awesome. Well, um, it's sanitized. Don't worry. Okay, so Leif is, is a big and strong guy and... In the most flattering way, he's the best person I know to play Goliath. I hope that. <laughs> Thank <yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, Leaf, you almost fit the part, but the dude's a little short. So, can, I, can you actually, like, there's a step stool over there. Grab the stool. Bring it over here. <laughs> sure. Why don't you get on top of that stool? All the way up. Just keep going. Okay. Yep. Keep, be careful now, Leaf. <laughs> All right, there you go. Just around nine feet, nine inches. There you go. Wow. Don't fall. It looks wobbly. We've tested this out. He only <laughs> fell once. <laughs> okay, so we have Leaf here. Leaf's also one of the kindest guys I know, so you're really going to, I mean, really going to have to sell this for us. <sighs> well, that was something. Thanks, Leaf. That's awesome. Theater All right. Major. So for our David, we actually invited Wilson to be here. Thanks for being here, Wilson. Wilson is a part of high school ministry, and he uh, is a part of the Wanakee home group. So Wilson is our David. Thanks, guys. Okay. So now we have our Goliath, and now we have our David. Seems like a pretty fair fight, doesn't it? <laughs> well, let's see if it is. All right, guys. On the count of three, I want you to fight each other. I mean, right now, actually, honestly, fight each other on this stage, okay? Just give it all you got. Hold nothing back. It'll, it's, it's for the people. It'll be great, okay? One, two, I'm totally joking. <laughs> Don't actually do that. Oh, my gosh. The student pastor has a sword, and he's about to attack a student. Like, that's probably not the best thing. But, okay, here's the deal. If I were David, I would be terrified to face Goliath. But here's the thing. David wasn't scared. I mean, everyone else was scared, but David wasn't. David was willing. But why? I mean, why wasn't David scared? Because Yahweh was on David's side, and David knew it. So David was willing to face his giant, which is the second step in what it could look like for us to face our giants, to be willing. All right. Can everyone join me in thanking Leif and Wilson for being here today? Awesome. So probably the best David and Goliath that's out there, just going to say. I'm not going to brag here at Blackhawk, but they did a great job. All right. So all of Israel was afraid. David wasn't, but all of Israel was. And what's interesting to know is that this wasn't the first time that all of Israel was afraid. No, way back when, when Moses told uh, the Israelites to take the promised land, that it's theirs, 
they noticed that there were actually giants in the land. Giants that Goliath would later descend from. And when they saw that, man, they were afraid. So they're like, nope, we're not going to do that. Which left them generations later with Goliath. Now here's the point of that. Facing your giant is so important because failure to do so will always rear its head later on. And it not only has the potential to continue to haunt you, but your community, your family, your children, just like it did the Israelites. All right, let's, let's keep going with the story. So, so there David was. He was talking to Saul. And, and right after David told Saul that he will face Goliath, Saul replied, you were not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. So then David was like, okay, I get that. But listen, when I was a shepherd, I had to kill a lion and kill a bear in order to protect my father's sheep. Come on, Saul. And then David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul listened to David. And after Saul finally agreed that David, okay, would represent Israel in this epic battle between a boy and a giant, Saul gave David his armor, his extravagant, heavy bronze armor to wear. So David put this armor on and then he noticed something. Man, this doesn't feel right. David said, I'm not, I'm not used to this. This might do more harm than help. So David took it off. David had a better plan. Finding a nearby stream, David went and, just, and searched for five smooth stones, stones that today would probably be around the same size as a baseball and hurled from a slingshot as fast as a baseball would at a fast pitch baseball game. I mean, we're talking really fast. Like, not like, not like Cubs fast but like brewers fast, you know what I mean? We're talking really fast. <laughs> awesome. So, so David gathered these five stones. He put them in his shepherd's bag, grabbed his slingshot, and making his way through the still fleeing Israelite army, David approached his giant. Now, at this part of the story, there's something very, very, very important going on. It's that David had a plan there's a strategy. There's consultation going on. You see, David was talking with Saul about the best thing to do and then found the plan that worked the best for him. David didn't just get all excited and run down to face Goliath. No, he's thoughtful. He grabs stones. He knows what he's doing, which leads us to the next step that's going to help us when it comes to facing our giants to have a plan. Now, I spoke with Blackhawks care ministry on what it could look like for us to have a plan. And they said to first shore up your support, which means to start asking yourself the question, okay, who is it in my circle? Who is it in my community, my, my, my crowd that I trust and that are safe? And we can find those people from all over the place. I mean, maybe it's a family member, maybe not. 
but maybe it is a family member. Maybe there's close friends that you can trust and that are safe. Maybe it's a Christ-centered community. And I just want to say, if you don't have a Christ-centered community, I want to encourage you right now. We have life group signups. Please check it out. Sign up for a life group. Or maybe you're in a life group right now and you can talk to your life group about your giant and come up with a plan. Or you can find someone that you trust and that's safe where you can talk with. And for more plans that can help you, I mean, on this theme of groups, you can join a focus group like our divorce care or our men's uh, book study on pornography where, where honestly men from all over are talking about and seeking accountability and wanting breakthrough and experiencing it. We have focus groups because, man, it's so good to be able to walk through this with someone who knows just how your giant can wreck your world. Or maybe for help for a plan, you can visit Blackhawks Care Ministry. Online, we have so many different care resources that can help you. I mean, like, we have one-on-one care. If you just want one-on-one with someone, we have that. We have counseling recommendations. I used their counseling recommendations when I came here. We have their... Um, we have a mental health support. There's, there's so, so, so many different things that can help you come up with a plan. But with that, I actually want to pause. Hit the pause button and say, this is not a one and done thing. This is not a self-help talk. No. Facing your giant takes deep work. It takes consistent work. It takes community, it takes prayer, it takes time, it can take a lot. And like Pastor Chris said last week in his talk, and if you haven't seen it or watched it or listened to it, just please go ahead and do that. It, it's, it's worth your time. It takes lament. And I also want to say to not expect too much of yourself in this process. If you do, you might be defeated before you, you even begin. And also if you find yourself taking like one step forward. Don't be discouraged if you then find yourself taking two steps back. It's a part of the process and it's a process that's full of love and grace. And just like David, it also takes dependence on God. Because God is all about, his focus is redeeming you into being the person that God created you to be. All right, let's get back with the rest of our story. So there they were. David was facing Goliath. And when Goliath saw that David was just a boy, oh my gosh, he started hurling insults at him by his gods. And he said that he will finish him. So then David said to Goliath, okay, all right, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give it all into our hands. And boy, when David said that, Goliath, he took off running towards David. So then David, fully knowing that 
Goliath was so much bigger than him, fully knowing that Goliath was so much stronger than him, fully knowing that Goliath was this this undefeated warrior, David, he took off towards his giant. And as David was running, he grabbed into his shepherd's bag. He took out a stone. He put it on a sling, grabbed the two straps of the sling and started whipping it in a circle around his head. Faster and faster and faster it went until David let go of one of the straps, setting the stone sailing through the air. As quick as the stone left the sling, it sank into the giant's forehead and the The giant fell to the ground. And this epic battle ends by 1 Samuel 17 saying, so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he stuck down the Philistine and killed him. Goliath was no more. David faced his giant and his giant had fallen And the words that David said to Goliath before he died came true, that all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And that's true for you today. That your giant, that your battle is the Lord's. All that we're invited to do is identify your giant, be willing to face it, come up with a plan, and then face your giant. Now, here's, here's a little bit about giants. Giants want to reign over your life. It's the number one thing that they're focused on, to reign over you. I mean, that's what, happens with, that's what happened with Goliath and the, the Israelite army. I mean, the Philistines, all they wanted to do was reign over the Israelites. And they used Goliath to scare them into submission. And it worked. I mean, it worked. Anytime the Israelites would go into battle and they saw that David was there, they, they turned in the other direction and they fled. They were terrified. I mean, Saul, Saul was the king. He was supposed to be the bravest of them all, but still, Saul was terrified. Saul fled. The giant reigned over all their lives. But Yahweh, Yahweh was supposed to reign over their lives. So the Israelites, just like they were stuck in in the middle of this valley, they found themselves stuck in the middle of this conflict. I mean, who would ultimately reign over them? The giant or Yahweh? Like who would win the battle? For the Israelites? Oh, that was easy. The giant. Because the giant was just too big. The giant was just too strong. But not to David. Because to David, no giant is bigger than Yahweh. No giant is stronger than Yahweh. So David shifted his eyes from the reality of this kingdom to the reality of Yahweh's kingdom. David stopped listening to the voice of the giant and he started listening to Yahweh's voice because in Yahweh's kingdom, Yahweh reigns and every giant will fall. 
What's your giant? What's that mocking voice that every day when you wake up for the past 40 days, the past 40 months, the past 40 years, that giant in his voice that's telling you that you're not strong enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't have what it takes. You'll never get past this shame. You'll never get past this anger, this jealousy, this greed, this grief, this sexual sin, this addiction, this anxiety. You'll never get past this trauma. You'll never get past this desire for control and the despair. The despair of knowing that we don't have that much of it. Especially over this virus. And all that 2020 and beyond has been doing. The giant wants us to submit to him so that he will reign over our lives. What is your giant saying to you? And what would it look like to stop listening to your giant's voice and to start listening to Yahweh's voice? Later in his life in the Psalms, David would write, God, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. That's God's voice to you. That's your value. That you were created to be a citizen in God's kingdom where he will reign over us with love. And God will do anything. And through Jesus, he has done everything for the reality of his kingdom to be known in your life. David knew who God was and who he was to God, which gave him the courage to face his giant. And with, like, with just a slingshot, I mean, what? Are you kidding me? Like, who does that? But Yahweh did the rest because the battle belongs to Yahweh. All Yahweh was waiting was for David to take the next step. Now, knowing that the battle belongs to Yahweh, I want to ask you a question. What's your slingshot? (laughs) Seriously. What step can you take that might seem small compared to a giant? I mean, maybe you're at the place where you know that there's a block and you're willing to identify it now. Or maybe you've known what your giant is, but you've been letting it run your life and you're willing to face it now. Or maybe that small step is, I need to help. I can't do it on my own. I need to come up with a plan. Or maybe it's time to face your giant. Even though the steps might seem small, God can use them like a slingshot against your giant. Now, facing our giants isn't about us becoming a better version of ourselves. No. It's about only submitting to Yahweh and only letting Yahweh reign over our lives, and every other giant must fall.
And now I want to just say in this, this journey that you're taking about facing your giant, to have patience. Because facing giants, it takes time. Your giant falling might not take as fast as it takes for a stone to leave a slingshot. I mean, it did for David in this story, but it doesn't really work in our stories. This is where that story doesn't work for us because some giants take time. Some giants take waking up every morning and saying, I'm going to face it again. I'm going to face it again. I'm going to face it again. And as I close, I just want to encourage you that in the time that it takes, one day your giant will fall. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might. It might not be the next day or in a week or a month or a year. It might. But know that one day your giant will fall. You will experience breakthrough. And until then, as a community at Blackhawk and beyond, I want to invite you encourage you and and challenge you to grab your slingshot, take a step, and face your giant. To stop listening to the giant's voice, to start listening to Yahweh's voice, to shift your eyes from the reality of this kingdom, because the reality of this kingdom's really tough, especially right now, and to start shifting your eyes towards Yahweh's kingdom, because in Yahweh's kingdom, Yahweh reigns, and every giant will fall. Let's pray. Jesus, man, this, is, this has been a tough year, a tough week and a half. None of us expected to be able to go through all the things that we're going through. None of us might have expected the different giants to come up in our life or, or things to be so difficult or so hard. But we know that you are bigger We know that you are stronger. We know that just like you did with David and the Israelites, you are present with us and you are able to defeat the giants in our lives because we are a part of your kingdom. And in your kingdom, Yahweh, Jesus, you reign. You reign. Every giant falls. So help us lean into, help us embrace and know that truth today. Wherever we're at, whatever we're going through, we will experience breakthrough in your time, in your name. We pray. Amen.